shotglassdigital.com. Geek Out Loud is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash geekout. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player of your choice. Audibletrial.com slash geekout. Help us out, guys. Come on. Come on, help us out. All right. Yeah. episode of geek out loud the geek out louds of the week continue with eris chernevice as we pass the corn talk some fun stuff and just have a geek out good time on this your safe place to geek out this is the geek out loud podcast Again, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out on the internet. My name's Steve Gloss, and so glad to be along with you as we are as often as possible, just geeking out about the stuff that we love. And to help us do it this time around, we're not going to quite get into the past of the corn yet, but we're going to bring him in, ladies and gentlemen. He's my brother from another mother. It's Eric Schernevice. What's going on, bro? What's up, my brother from another mother? You are fighting the the computer demons tonight, uh, apparently. You know, it's because it knows that I'm trying to pod with you, my friend. Well, we gotta, I mean, figure out it's, a way to threaten it, that thing or it's something. It's jealous. It's just jealousy. <laughs> my Mac is jealous of you, Steve. I don't want you spending time with other people, especially someone... You're not going to talk to that man tonight. Especially someone that's on a PC down in Georgia, for crying out loud. <laughs> We're not going to we're not going to associate with those people. So how's it going, man? It's going really well. Are you yeah. Now, are you guys out of con season? Are you doing the New York Comic Con at all, that kind of thing? New York Comic Con is like 10, 10 20 blocks away from us. Oh, so you're definitely doing that. Yeah, thing. we have no okay. choice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we go big for New York Comic Con. We're going to have a huge booth um Delray and uh, our Star Wars booth, we're all, we're all together at New York Comic Con. we got tons of space. Lots of authors going to be there. Wow. That's Giving awesome. away tonnage of free books. Oh, man. So, yeah, we go all out for New York Comic Con. Cool. Well, uh, is, is that the last big one of the year? Is that kind of your blowout as far as cons go? Uh for me, it is. Okay. We've got a couple other shows that we're we'll be hitting too. So, do do you guys get into the Dragon Con situation at all? Uh, we have uh, for we haven't officially gone. Right, like we don't okay. set up a booth or whatever there. Right. 
Um, depending on what authors might be in, in attendance, we might send a publicist or an you. editor down. Right. So um, this year, Chuck Wendig is going to be down there. Oh, nice. Nice. And it just so happens to be Force Friday. I know, right? That's a big weekend. A lot of stuff going on. Yeah. That and, particular uh, weekend. You know, Mr. Wendig has some little book called Star Wars Aftermath that's publishing on Force Friday. So Is that when it's being released? Yep. Oh, man. I, yeah. So, I am uh, so not ready for Force Friday. He'll be there, and uh, one of our Delray Star Wars editors, Tom, uh, who is Darth Internus on Twitter, he's going to be down there with Chuck. So. I have to apply for a new credit card for Force Friday. That's all there is to it. <laughs> you and my brother-in-law both. <laughs> I, I, I'm plotting with uh, my brother-in-law and Mr. Uh, Aaron Goines to oh, uh, nice. to meet up for a little Midnight Madness. Oh, and, yeah? Yeah. I, I think my brother-in-law is going to need me to just like handle one of his multiple shopping carts for him. Are you guys going to do the Toys R Us? And I want to try and find something that's going to feel like a big event mm -hmm. i'd love to find a store that's going to have 501st there you know i want it yeah. to feel really special not just walking in and buying action figures i uh I, I my i have two midnight madness stories i didn't do the clone wars midnight madness thing but i did it for clones and sith right and um for clones i actually ended up driving down about two hours south of where i was at the time to jacksonville florida to meet up with a friend down there who had been waiting in line at his Walmart since about 7 o'clock that evening. And there was probably 20 or 30 people at this Walmart that were interested in, in the stuff at midnight. Um, and so I had something going on. He's like, well, as soon as it's over, just come on down. You'll be here in time. And so sure enough, I got there a little before 12 and hung out for a minute. And then we raided the shelves. For Sith, I wasn't planning on doing anything. But in the town I was in, a new Walmart had been built about six months prior. And, um, and they had like just this go get them, you know, toy department manager who just thought this would be the greatest thing ever. And so I rolled in with two other people who had no interest in buying anything at midnight and we were the only three people there and nice. it's, it was glorious. So, um, so those are my midnight and I'm hoping for something similar. If I do a midnight thing, I feel like I'm getting too old for this mess. Never too old, man. When it comes to Star Wars, it, we're all kids at heart. <laughs> well, I've just been looking at some of this, the, these things that are coming out. But uh, anyhow, we got a lot to talk about. Before we get into everything, I need to make sure that I thank you guys so much for using the Amazon links at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com to do your Amazon shopping. When you go to geekoutonline.com or geekoutpodcast.com and click on that Amazon link, it really, really helps us out uh, in a big, bad way. And, and so if you'll do your shopping that way, we'd greatly appreciate it. If you have any doubts before clicking on that link, just clear your cookies and then everything will work out just fine. Uh, and for those of you who support us directly at Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash geekoutloud, I say thank you so much. Uh, for your support. It's so, so greatly appreciated. Our featured supporter on this episode is Jason J. Samuel. Jason was hit in the eyes with some radioactive chemicals. Did it blind him and leave his other senses heightened? No, but it gave him the power to shoot extremely powerful lasers from his eyes. There's a very scientific way this happens with light being captured, stored, and returned at great intensity, but it's all very boring to explain. The point is this. If Jason is staring at you, duck especially if you're an evildoer. That's Jason J. Samuel, our featured supporter 
on this episode of Geek Out Loud, and we thank everyone for your support at uh, patreon.com slash geekoutloud. A couple of things really quickly, Eric. we got to get out of the way. In the chat right now is good friend Jason Blake Scaffidel. He's, yes. He's been a contributor. want to say happy birthday to Jason. I don't do birthday shout-outs that often, but he's been begging for it since late last night. That's what and she said. He requested a, a birthday past the corn shout-out. So. so here it is. Hey, Jason. Pass the corn. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, man. Happy birthday, Jason. Hope it's great. Enjoy some birthday corn. Yes, have some birthday corn. Uh, <laughs> well, I've got to... I think hashtag birthday corn was just born. <laughs> has to, oh, I don't... Mm, mm, birthday corn. Yes. If we were like a show on uh, on Fox or something right now, like the hashtag birthday corn would have come up in the lower right-hand right. corner. <laughs> Yeah, please, when giving birthday shout-outs, please use the, uh, the hashtag birthday Come on, corn. everybody out there in the People's Pixel Flicks. Let's see if we can let's, get this to... Uh, let's get it what is, trending. Yes, let's, let's get hashtag birthday corn trending. Let's get it trending at least in our county. Um, another quick couple of shout-outs. At uh, Jeremiah PM on Twitter and at Zombert on Twitter. Now, Eric, I've already thanked you and I, and I will be thanking you for the rest of my days for snagging that force awakened stormtrooper, uh, six inch black series stormtrooper for me out at comic con in San Diego. Uh, it has a place of prominence on the shelves as we speak in the star nice. Wars room. Um, but at Zombert and at Jeremiah PM, I wasn't really, that was the only thing I really knew that I kind of wanted coming out of comic con. And then my friend Derek got in touch with me. He's like, Hey, have you got anyone doing any, looking for you and i'm like yeah kind of what you need and these guys jumped to the task um they they grabbed they snagged for my friend derek uh co-host podcasting partner for life uh snagged um the plush crypto the super dog the batman v superman set from mattel and for me i didn't realize hot wheels had an exclusive they grabbed the exclusive hot wheels uh force awakens trooper hot wheels so just want to. I want to make sure that I give a shout out to those guys at Zombert and at Jeremiah PM on the Twitter. Thank you guys so much for uh, your help in in you know feeding the addiction, basically. So, speaking of the addiction, uh, you don't we, even go to the con and you get hooked up with all the goodies. Oh, I'll, well, I mentioned you live in the life of Riley, my friend. I mentioned it on the last episode, Arish, uh, and he deserves another big shout out, Jim Watari. Uh, Facebook messaged me the other day making sure he had the right address because he was at D23 and I they have got you a poster. I have a a poster, a Force Awakens teaser poster, yes sir it's, I was blown away and so grateful I don't, I'm not bragging, I am just I am just saying how grateful I am for, for the kindness of these guys who, you know, all all we do is run our mouths, so and uh, and your kindness too. I mean, it, it, I'm blown away by the kindness of, of not strangers but friends. It's what um, happens when you reach that gentleman podcaster about town <laughs> status that you have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get about town, and people are like, "What's he doing?" I'm like, "I'm a gentleman podcaster." That's what I do. I'm a gentleman podcaster by looking, day. Looking sharp in your Hawaiian shirt. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Keeping your summer cool on. I looking tell you what, if, it, if I friend. don't if I don't get shaven real quick, I'm going to start looking like Bray Wyatt in the old Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> so, uh, really quickly before we get too much further in this thing, let's jump into some emails. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. 
Irish. We just have a couple tonight to do, and um, they uh, several of them. A couple of them revolve around uh, the collecting. You know, as we as I was just kind of mentioning the collecting right. stuff. Um, I know that you're a fan of the Legos. Yes, you, I am. You got your play subscription, everything. Well, this is Connor from the UK. And uh, he says, hey, Steve, long-time listener, first-time emailer. I first discovered you on Starkville House of L and was in splits of laughter from the first episode you appeared on. My personal geekiness is tied strongly to Smallville. When I was five, uh, the pilot first aired, so I literally grew up with Clark. You could say Smallville is to me what Star Wars is to you, if I may be so bold. My geekdom has now expanded to include Star Wars, Harry Potter, Marvel, and DC Comics, including the movies and TV shows, Jurassic Park, video games such as Mass Effect, Gears of War, Assassin's Creed, and yes, Star Trek. <clears throat> there are many other geeky things that I love, but to list them all would take up far too much time. I have a couple of points to raise. In your most recent podcast with Steve and Mitch, you mentioned your collecting of the Star Wars Black Series. I personally don't collect them. However, I'm a big-time collector of the Star Wars, Marvel, and Lego minifigs. I collect both pure Lego and customs, as Lego just doesn't make enough superheroes to satisfy my demands. This is a thing that has surprised me over the, uh, over the past few years, Erish, is the, is the explosion of the Lego minifig. I love the minifigures. That's actually what I collect. Oh, yeah? Is the Star Yeah, I wish you could just buy the Star Wars ones. I mean, you can, you can at conventions. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, those, those are the figures, that's what I dig. You know, I don't have room for the ships and mm -hmm. all that stuff. And, right. You know, the hundreds of dollars that some of these sets cost. Man, but yeah. I want my Han Solo and Chewbacca minifigures and like 30 Stormtrooper minifigures and stuff. So it, um, it, it's become a thing like a, a point of sale for some of these sets is like the yep. exclusive minifig here and there. And, you know, as a guy who remembers, you know, way back, and I know you do too, way back before Lego got into the licensing of different properties to do sets with and everything, back when it was just like build a city, build a house, you know, the space Legos, um, the minifigs were just kind of necessities, you know, to have little mm -hmm. people there with your stuff. And now it's become this whole other thing that is just like, it blows my mind. They um, have, they release like little packs of the minifigures that they come in waves of like, 12 or 15 at a time but the thing is you don't know which figure is in the pack mm -hmm. right so like you gotta oh. you know the, the goal is to collect them all for that way but if you don't know but you don't know so you wind up with doubles and then my nephew ethan was really into these and he would like trade the doubles with his friends at school and stuff um and dk just published a book that's an encyclopedia of like the all the minifigures from like the first, I don't know how many waves there's been at this point. Really? But there's a lot. Uh, and this is not just the Star Wars minifigs or this no, is? No, this is just like regular, like, like kind of, they fit more with like the town thing, but there's special ones. They have like Statue of Liberty and, okay. and Viking and Spaceman and like guy in a, in a uh, Godzilla suit kind of thing. Like they try to make them fun, not just like Baker or Cop or fireman or mechanic kind of thing wow so is this uh and this is a problem and this is a book you could purchase probably through amazon huh yeah 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 it's uh like the dk it's published by dk and i think it's called like the lego minifigure encyclopedia 
Uh, and it actually comes with a little mini figure also. Okay, cool. Like I, an exclusive figure that's exclusive to the book. All right, I'm seeing and, Lego minifigure year by year, a visual history. No, that's a different one. Oh, okay. That's, like, that's the whole history of the minifigures. Oh, and wow. that's a big, huge, like bigger deluxe kind of coffee table book. Okay. There's a smaller one. They, do, they did a Star Wars Lego character encyclopedia, and they just came out with this kind of regular lego minifigure one oh, okay cool well check that out i i it's it's a phenomenon that has it blew by me um because i you know when when they started getting into the licensing of stuff with the star wars now i thought well this would be cool to collect but they're just always so expensive and so i missed the whole minifig movement i guess that took place and i, I has it always been that way i Surely not. I mean, I feel like when I was a kid, they were the all... The minifigures is something that's kind of become a thing in the last few years. Right. And I think part of it was that Lego got smart. They realized that, especially young kids, mm-hmm. you know, who are maybe a little too old to play with Duplo, but which is for the, the big, huge Legos, right. for the, the beginners, the like past toddler age. That's right. But they're still a little young to actually be able to build the sets themselves. Those kids just—they just want to play with the little figures. They want the guys, um, and so they'll just—they'll get the set and like you know, dad or uncle or whatever will build it all. But the kids will just play with the little figures, and that hundred and fifty dollar like you know, cool ship or whatever that came with it just kind of gets broken and smashed in the corner. Mm-hmm. And so I think Lego caught on to that and was like, we can put out cheaper sets at a lower price point like 15 to 20 dollars and maybe it's like two speeder bikes but there'll be like four minifigures right like sabine and ezra and two stormtroopers so while you're not getting a substantial ship with it you're getting more minifigures and at a lower price so it's more of an impulse buy for parents now how did you did you play with legos back in the day as a kid yeah did you have to have the instructions, or were you like one of these people that could just create your own thing with them? Well, when I started playing with Legos, they didn't really have these kind of specialized sets out. It mm-hmm. was just you'd buy like a big got, bucket. You of got bricks. like the like the just it was like a whole box mm-hmm. of Legos, right? Like, and there might be an idea book or whatever in there, right, but it right. was about building your own stuff. Yeah, I was. I really dug the the space Legos. Well, the Space Legos was, like, the first ones that started coming out where it was actually, like, something. Yeah, they had, know, like, some place. ship that, mm-hmm. or the moon base. Oh, and dude. And they had the, the little Spaceman minifigure that would come with it. Right, so right. So when they came out, I started getting some of those. And then that rolled into the Lego Town stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, like, Police Station and Fire Station. And then they started putting out the... The flat, like square, yes, maps that were the streets, and so you could start building towns. Oh, but I was never smart enough to do all that stuff. Like, I would end up with just a block of Legos, unless I had instructions to tell me or, you know, show me. Well, you can do this with it. I would just end up with like, let's see how tall I can make the tower. I would, um, I would basically take over my mom's dining room table, and just build a city on there, and it would be a mix of what few sets mm-hmm. I could get that were the actual, okay, here's the, the gas station or here's the police station. And then the rest of the buildings in the city were set, were things that I was making on my own 
from my generic big Lego builder set. Wow. That I have. Yeah. I just I I was I didn't have that kind of imagination. I was I I could play outside of the movie adventures with my Star Wars figures, and I was willing to cross genres with He-Man and Transformers and G.I. Joe, but I just couldn't, when it came to Legos, I'm like, I don't know what to build unless there's a book here in front of me to tell me. <laughs> I mean, I would get, like, idea books that mm. would, like, have some instructions and stuff in there, but most of the time I was just, I might riff off of something that right. I saw on that book, but right. I was building a lot of stuff on my own. I hear you. Well, Connor finishes up. He says, my second point is more of a question. Are there any film, TV, video game soundtracks, slash TV, slash video game soundtracks you listen to? I know this is more of a rock out loud question, but thought it was worth asking anyway. And this brings me to a point, Eric, we're wanting to do something with Kristen from Rock Out Loud where we uh, uh, run through some of our favorite soundtracks. Yeah, yeah. Definitely a show we'll, we're, we'll be working on for the future. I'm really looking forward to that. And and not just, and not the orchestral stuff, but like... No, you were we're saying, talking about like, you know, composed, not composed... Uh, constructed soundtracks like Guardians of the Galaxy, where right. the songs play a role in the movie, but also just make a great CD to put in and listen to. Right. So Tar- Quentin Tarantino is really good at doing that with with his movies. Are there any orchestral stuff that you listen to that you enjoy from film or movies or video games? I actually I love the the soundtrack for Amadeus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, come on, John Williams. Like, I right. just love. I, I have a John Williams playlist. I hear so you. It's got Superman on it. It's mm-hmm. got the, the the Raiders March and um, and you know naturally some stuff from Star Wars. I love. I really love John Williams music from Empire of the Sun. Um, yeah, Cat- Cadillac of the Sky is one of my favorite pieces that John Williams has done. I- um, so that's on there. Uh, yeah, John Williams is just, well, number one, you know, of course the Star Wars and the Superman and stuff, but he was one of the first composers. I walked into my college dorm one time and my roommate had the Far and Away soundtrack on. And at that point, I'd not seen Far and Away, but Williams composed the music. And I'm like, what is this? And he told me, I'm like, who's the composer? And I'm like, is that John Williams? And he's like, I don't think so. Then he looked at the seat, he's like, yeah, it is. I'm like, oh, I could recognize someone by their style. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I've been lately listening to a lot of the Brian Tyler Marvel stuff, whether it's the Guardian soundtrack or the, or the um, the Iron Man three soundtrack, which is a really good score and has some good moments in it. Uh, the Avengers two thing with him and Danny Elfman, uh, Thor: The Dark World. Uh, those are those. Are, I don't know why, but I've just been listening to them a lot lately. There, there's different moments in in his work that really catches catches my ear, and I and I really enjoy. I'm I'm not as big a fan of Elfman as I think a lot of people are, especially um, especially uh, people who are fans of the Tim Burton stuff. But um, but Elfman had did a great job with that first Hulk movie though the movie wasn't that great it was a different it was a departure for danny elfman right from from what i was used to in of his music uh i know a lot of people are digging on Hans zimmer these days um not me not so much james horner of course has a lot of good stuff out there every now and again i'll catch myself listening to that braveheart soundtrack um but country of our own that's right <laughs> 
I'm William Wallace. William Wallace is seven feet tall. Aye, and if he were here, he'd consume the English. Um, With fireballs from his arse. <laughs> that's right. Um, Shannon chimes in, says, Hey, Steve, thought I would write in to share my new collection addiction. Thus far, I've been able to pick up the occasional Star Wars items here or there. I have a few sets of the Legos, some figures of my favorite characters, some older micro-machines, figures and vehicles that center around some of the legacy books, Heir of the Jedi, Jedi Search, and Truce of Bakura, as well as some odds and ends. Overall, it isn't an impressive collection, and it is far from complete in any way. Then a few weeks ago, I ran across the new Hot Wheels Star Wars vehicles. I'm not talking about the character cars, but the actual vehicles themselves. I think they may have been uh, shown at Celebration. This was the first I'd seen any on the pegs. I picked up the few they had, a Vulture Droid, TIE Fighter, and Ghost, and brought them home. I've not seen the Vulture Droid or the TIE Fighter in the wild. Um, I, I thought that would be the end of that, Shannon says. Then I looked, uh, I looked at the back and saw the rest of the line. I've now spent the last couple of weeks trying to secure the remainder of the line. For the first time in my life, I was calling stores and making daily checks on my way home from work. I was able to track down the Snowspeeder, Slave One, Millennium Falcon, X-Wing, and Y-Wing. Or, I'm sorry, Y-Wing and an X-Wing over time. Just when I thought I had them all, I see online there are actually two X-Wing models. Thus, the search began again. I finally located one in nearby Toys R Us, and I'm looking forward to the next wave of ships. These things look amazing, and quality is amazing, giving the $5 price point. Just thought you would understand, given your own collection addiction... With the with the black series, looking forward to Midnight Madness at Force Friday, um, I, dude. Have you? I've got these things, and they are I haven't fantastic. Even heard of these things? Uh, are they well, just like little diecast ships? Yeah, yeah, pretty ah. much. And and for the pri- and what they do, they come on a display stand. That if you're a kid, they, they don't fit my fat fingers, but you can actually wear as a ring. Oh, so really? you can have the ship up, and you can you just have it on your hand, flying it around. Uh, that way. So there's some play value to them. Um, they don't really have any moving parts or anything, but they look great and they display fantastically. And, and, um, yeah, and they're, and they're kind of leaking out. I've not seen a TIE fighter or a vulture droid, uh, in the wild. I've not seen any X-Wing in the wild. In fact, the ones they have on Amazon are just ridiculously priced, but everything with these Hot Wheels, they have such a great price point. Even the character cars were, you know, you could get for like three and a half bucks for one. And I love those little character cars that they did. Uh, or, and, I, and they're still going to be doing. They're, they've got an Emperor P2 cru- PT Cruiser coming out. And, um, and apparently the guy who designed those cars is not a toy designer. He's a car designer. So these things actually have a reason. Like, you know, the Yoda car has like these ears sticking out. But there's a reason they're there, you know. And, right. Um, it's just, there, it was a really cool, great mashup concept that Hot Wheels did. And they've been easy to find. They haven't been that difficult to find, unlike some of the Hasbro stuff has been over the past few years. And so um, they look great on the shelf, in the package, or out of the package. I, I've opened several of them. And, um, and, and they're so cool. If you, if you get a chance, Google them, check them out, because they really are great-looking uh, great uh, pieces. And and they and they're small and so they're easy to display. You know, you don't have to worry about how where am I going to put this big Millennium Falcon? All right, I'll check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Shannon. Shannon, thanks, and I share your a bit of addiction there with that. Uh, I thought I had two more, but I think we just got this one more here from Will West. Will says. Blu-ray again. Hello there, Steve. I'm sure you've heard, uh, seen and heard about the re-re-re-release of the Star Wars. 
Uh, I've seen people crying out on the internet that enough is enough. They just released Star Wars on Blu-ray. Why do it again? But Steve, have you seen these? The Steel Books. If you haven't looked them up, I'm a huge sucker for Steel Books. Granted, I only have Days of Future Past and The Incredible Hulk in Steel Book form, but these just look so good. I didn't buy the saga on its last Blu-ray run because I knew something better would come along, and it has. So I'll be picking these up. What's your opinion on the art that's in the Steel Books? And the fact that they're re-releasing the movies again after such a short time. Stay geeky, my friend. And that's from Will West. Uh, Eris, this kind of dropped out of nowhere the other day. Did you purposely put the H in Will there? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, I have you. You've seen these, surely? Yeah. Yeah. They came. It kind of came out of the blue that this was happening. It did. It did. But I think it makes sense. You yeah, know, you got episode seven coming out. You got to sure. capitalize. That's right. Got to capitalize on. It. I've seen a lot of people griping about the character choices, the art on these on these things. I think the character choices is uh, it's interesting. Let's mm-hmm. just, let's put it at that. I think, but you know, I, I certainly no general grievous over Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah, but you know? I mean, he was on. I mean, he's in episode three, so that makes sense. I think that. They went with the least human-looking characters they could, because they would translate better to that art form. Yeah, um, I really think that has more to do with it than anything else. Uh, well, it also makes it stand out a little bit too. Oh yeah, and they uh, they really are beautiful to look at. But I can't. I mean, help me out here because I've tried to find like a set to pre-order, but apparently you have to pre-order them individually. That I don't know. Well, they look great. Um, and the problem, the only problem I have uh, is that all the special features are special features we've already gotten. Right. Um, the reason, you know, and the reason that disappoints me a little bit is because Lucasfilm, before, you know, before it was bought out, when Lucasfilm was an independent company, every, uh, even the videotape releases would have something on them to set them apart from the previous release. Right, and it was the same way with the DVD releases. You know, each each subsequent release had something to set it apart, something to make it worth your time. And when they released these movies on Blu-ray, it was a completely new set of special features. Now, all except for some of like the commentaries and stuff. And now, uh, with these Blu-rays, all those special features are the same. So you're really just getting it for um, for the the displayability of these steel books. Um, that, yeah, if you're somebody who has it already, right? That's true. I'm know, sorry. Yeah. With with with, <laughs> but if you if you look at it from this point of view, with the new movie coming out, there's going to be a lot of people who make. Uh, believe it or not, there's people who haven't seen Star Wars before. I, you know, or only saw it once or twice, or don't own any of these in like 15 different variations, the way a lot of us hardcore fanboys and girls do. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that the idea with this was to kind of go for that audience. Yeah, um, it, I, yeah, I get that. But also, I have, again, I have a problem. Erish, I'm looking, I can turn around right now, and I can see on one shelf in here three different VHS copies of the original trilogy. Yeah. If I walk into my living room, there's another shelf with three more VHS copies of the original trilogy, uh, two copies of it on DVD plus the prequels in various forms. So <laughs> I'm 
that sucker that's like, oh, there's a new release? Okay. Yes, yes. so I get that it'd be nice if there'd be something new on it. Right, right. And I'm not, it's not a complaint uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I remember when they released, um, they, they'd done the special editions on VHS, and I, of course I picked those up ASAP. And then between episode one and episode two, and this was really before this was before I had a DVD player, and this was before DVD really, you know, it just caught on, caught fire in a big bad way. They released uh, the the trilogy again, the original trilogy again, and it was just such cool box art to me. This box set looks so neat, and I could not justify picking it up until I saw, oh, it's. It's the widescreen version. I don't have the widescreen version. So there it is. <laughs> and people are like, why are you buying this stuff? But even on those, they had like little featurettes before about the making of episode two at the time. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I, again, I have a sickness, man. I have a disease. I, it's, 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 it's been with me for a long time. You know, I'll be honest with you. I just, I don't buy DVDs or Blu-rays anymore. I, because I just I don't watch them. Mm-hmm. I, I've got a whole shelf that I'm looking at right now of, of movies that I just I never touch it. Yeah, I will sit sometimes and just stare at mine, trying to find something to watch, trying to figure out what I want to watch, and um, and then I'll just end up going to Netflix or or even like on my digital collection, you know. Uh, but I I love having it in all these formats. I I went ahead and, and bit the bullet on the digital stuff. With the Star Wars movies, I've got them. You know, I've got them digitally. It's like there's no sense in me even looking at these. But I look at the art, and I'm like, wow, these would look great on the shelf, or these would look great around the Star Wars room, even if I never watched them. And it'd be great to have a backup copy just in case something should happen. You know? Yeah. So. <laughs> they love you. Steve. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I'm, I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people. So, um, anyhow, well, look, we. We've got a lot to do. We've got a lot to talk about. Thanks for emails. You can email us at geekoutonline at gmail.com and uh, share your addictions with us, and, and maybe we can help you. Uh, and if we can't, maybe we can just join in your addiction with you because a lot of times we're more, rather than help with the addiction, we're usually enable. That's what we you do. Are, you are an enabler. Steve. I am an enabler here at Geek Out Loud. Uh, speaking of enabling, man, D23, Erish, I was out in the 100-degree weather. You were cooking chicken on a grill for 300 people. Chick- yeah, cooking chicken for 300 people. And I get this text, have you seen what has happened? And I'm like, no, what happened? <laughs> Erish was updating me and, and keeping me. Erish became I, I my internet. I was following the, the live tweeters out there. <laughs> you became my internet that day, sir. Oh uh, there's some exciting stuff that happened on Saturday. What, when it comes to, it was the big live action, you know, uh, panel or whatever they call it. I don't know what they call it at D23, but. Uh, I think it was just the live action panel. Yeah, the live action panel where we heard about all kinds of stuff that's in production. Plus there was park news that came out. What got you the most jazz coming out of uh, D23? Definitely the park news for Disneyland mm-hmm. and for uh, for uh, Hollywood Studios in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Simply because they're building in each park a 14-acre Star Wars land. Yes, yes. And um, what's really interesting to me is the other night we were on Star Wars Report with Riley and Bethany Blanton. Uh-oh. That's that pod that you've just taken over, right? That's right. <laughs> 
yeah, trying to. And Teresa and I ended up like doing a Google Earth look at Hollywood Studios, and there's like all kinds of empty land around it. I'm hold on, you. yeah, hold on. There oh, it goes. There it goes. You are. Yeah, the train was running through your house again. It always. Wow. I don't know what that deal is with that, but um. But I live yeah. next to a railroad track. Well, it's not. I, I'm I'm using the train as a as the oh. only thing. It's just loud noise starts to come up as though like you've rolled a window, car window down or something while you're driving. Um, but yeah, we were looking at the Google Earth version of Hollywood Studios, and we're like, Mylanta, look at all this land and space that they have behind here, and it's amazing to look at how secluded that thing is. You get in the park, and you really are cut off from the rest of the world. Yeah, I was listening to Teresa on the latest episode of fangirls going rogue today and it's like she's one of the engineers who's helping them build this thing she pretty much was like this is exactly where they're going to put it they're going to move this here and move that there and like she knew what she was talking about yeah so. yeah it she she someone texted me is like how does treat one of my friends texted me is like how does Teresa know so much about disney i'm like i don't know how do i know so much about star wars yeah and like point but, taken the, the thing, it's just what they told us, and they didn't tell us a whole lot, but it just sounds really exciting. The idea being that as, as a visitor to one of these two Disney parks, when you enter the Star Wars land, it's their goal is to make you feel like you have stepped right into the movie. Yes. All the employees who will be working in that park are basically going to be characters in this land it's it's this kind of uh it sounded like it was going to be like this sort of city that's on a new planet that they're creating for this that's it's i believe it's in the outer rims mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um and you'll be you'll enter this and it's like you're walking around on that some of them aren't going to speak english they'll speak to you and like you know, the alien languages or whatever, and you're going to feel like you're walking around in, like, some spaceport on, in a planet in the galaxy far, far away. Yeah, I, I, it's just... I, if you look what Universal has done with, like, Harry Potter World or whatever, and then you just imagine, and you've seen... And, and of course, they've released some of the art and everything, uh, you know, concept art for what they kind of want it to be. I'm just like, my... Lanta, this is this is going to be where I want to live. Yeah, you know, and you're talking about a ride where you get to pilot the Millennium Falcon. You're talking about a cantina, some other big, some other big ride too that has to do with the Force Awakens, apparently. Probably, yeah, yeah. Um, Or Episode Eight, possibly. Okay, time they get around to this. Actually, it's, I mean, we're talking a few years down right, the road. Right, so. right, Well, and you're also, you also have, um, you know, the, like, a, obviously there'll be some kind of cantina there that you feel like you're just stepping into the Moss Eisley almost. Um, I, I'm excited they're adding content to Star Tours. That, yeah, Force you know? Awakens. Yeah, and I mean, and it's like that's what, when Lucas wanted to update Star Tours, that's one of the things he wanted to do is do it digitally so that, they wouldn't have to shut down the ride and redo it every time they want to do something new. That they could just plug in basically a yep. a USB drive and and upload all the info and you know work the bugs out and go. Yeah, That's, I think it's I think it's pretty clever too what they're doing with Space Mountain and Disneyland. Hyperspace Tur- Mountain t- turning into Hyperspace Mountain. I think that's fun. I mean, look, they're just 
they're trying to capitalize on the 900 pound gorilla that's mm-hmm. coming out in December. So. Sure. Well, what about? Um, and we want them to. Yeah. Well, so. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. What well, What about the seasons of the force thing? Is I mean, it feels like it's kind of like Star Wars weekends only kicked up a notch, maybe. Possibly. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Uh, indeed. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm able Wars. to get down. I mean, it makes me kind of like, should I buy a year pass now at this point? Is that? Hey, what I- I've been planning a family trip with uh, for December, and I'm even more excited to be going now. Mm-hmm. Although right away, my brother-in-law Facebooked me, and he's like, "Yeah, we need to postpone the trip until this new stuff opens." And I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, no way, man. It's just an excuse to go back again. Yeah, yeah, because it's going to be a few years before the new stuff is, I mean, I, you know, yeah, it's going to be a while. So hang in there. Hang in there, everybody. We'll get there. Um, of course, there was... For those of you in the chat, that's Andrew. Is my brother that's Andrew that's just come in. Joining us for the first time in, in the people's Mixoplex here. And we welcome him. Welcome. Um it's uh, uh I'm being I'm being given Disney advice now by Sarah in the chat. I've got to uh, I've got to ignore the chat again. Uh also coming out not only just the park stuff, there wasn't really any footage of anything shown, but uh, and we talked a little bit about this on the last episode of Geek Out Loud uh Derek and I, but that that shot of the cast from Rogue One. Oh, loved it. Awesome. Man. I uh, this thing is really starting to capture my imagination here. If they're going to give us a, a kind of Band of Brothers, Star Wars sort of story, I am 100% all for that. Have you seen the theory about the one dude possibly being Biggs? I have not seen that. Diego Luna, I, I need to pull up the image so I can take... He's 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 over um, the lead lady's shoulder to, right. her, to on the left side of the picture. And he's got the mustache and the dark hair and everything. And someone did a, 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 a they they zoomed in on him and pulled it out and just did a side by side comparison of him and Biggs from A New Hope. And the resemblance is striking. He, I, I, I like that idea. I I would love. I mean, I just love the idea that he's one of the rebels who have who have struck from a hidden base and stolen the Death Star plans. And to lay low for a little bit, he ran back to Tatooine for a day or two because he knew what was coming. Yeah, I mean, and and that way he had his conversation in the deleted scene with Luke. And and Biggs is right. I'm never going to get out of here. So (laughs) um, I, I also I love the fact one of the things I like about this whole deal, though, is is it distracted everyone for just a moment from The Force Awakens. And it was nice to hear speculation about something new now well and it's it's like we speculated on a couple episodes ago with the release of mission impossible rogue nation freeze them up to give us rogue one news here we go they didn't didn't waste any time no and and i'm so glad they did not and these i tell you what these these standalone films these star wars stories star wars stories um which i like that it's been divisive i like it um they're really going to go a long way in the early in the early months of pre-production and setting up for the enumerated films. They're going to go a long way to distract us from worrying about trying to get all kinds of spoilers and everything else too soon. It, it's almost a 
it's no, almost no, just neat thing. Well, I know they're not no, necessarily. Well, you're right. You're right. No, well, I can only as, focus as on. As soon as The Force Awakens opens, we're all going to walk out of the theater and want all the spoilers <laughs> for episode eight. <laughs> but I'm saying I can only focus on one thing at a time, Irish. I can't. <laughs> Maybe I should say for me, it's going to really distract me. It's just like with. Um, well, the crazy thing is, is. There's only going to be like five or six months between the release of Rogue One and Episode Eight. Too. Is Episode Eight in May? Because Episode Eight got moved to, to May. May. Wow. So we got Rogue One end of 2016, and then Episode Eight back in May of 2017. These truly are magical You're getting times. Three Star Wars movies in 18 months. It's like hashtag birthday corn. Yes. These are these truly are magical times. It is. Hashtag birthday. Hashtag birthday. Hashtag birthday. <laughs> um, also, something I've not really talked about with anybody was the cap stuff that they showed. Of course, it's nowhere online. They were, yeah. you know, they were they were shooting people who tried to pull out phones and, and film anything, um, which is fine. I don't begrudge any con or any any, you know, expo doing that kind of stuff. Um but but the Captain America description of the footage and everything has come out, and I'm kind of relieved to see that Ant-Man was kind of still in the show. Paul Rudd was still in the show in the footage. As uh, my All I know about it is what I remember reading through the live tweets. Right. And, you know, everybody was all excited about the footage. It kind of sounds like they showed, like, a bit of a scene and then went into kind of a pseudo-trailer a little bit. Right. And, like, at the, I guess at the end of the trailer, Paul Rudd as Ant-Man, like, has some funny quips or something like that and just kind of stole the footage that they showed with it. And everybody just seemed to be really excited about it. Well, I mean, I'm excited about it because, for me, Ant-Man was the big surprise for me this year. Yeah. And yeah. and I really do think, coming out of the summer, and, and that it's, it's going to end up being my favorite superhero film at least uh of this past year it you know it, it to me it, it it outshone a little bit ultron and of course way better than fan fan forestick um i'm going to scroll through this really quick and see um well i don't uh thunderbolt ross is in this thing uh he tells captain america the world owes you an unpayable debt um, Black Panther appears using his uh, retractable claws. Black Widow and Hawkeye face off. Um, and Ant Man is starstruck by Captain America, saying, "Captain America, this is awesome." <laughs> yeah, and and uh, he he jumbled. He tries to say, "Thank you for thinking of me," right. but he says, "Thank you for thinking of me." Right. <laughs> Thanks for thanking of me. Yeah. Now, did you see the photo that they actually released this week of uh, Falcon and Bucky running through, looks like an airport or something like that? No. Pretty no. cool. I have seen... Bucky where... does the Michael Jordan thing when he runs. You know, he's got the tongue sticking out. As oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen the uh, the pictures of, like, 
Black Panther scaling a wall. Yeah, yeah, um, it was kind of grainy yeah, guy like, on top of a roof, yeah, like, like someone, a mile away with a right. huge lens kind of thing. So I'm, I'm. Now, this was an This looked like an official released picture. Yeah, I'm excited that Thunderbolt Ross is in this thing. William Hurt reprising his role from everybody Incredible is Hulk. in this movie. Yeah, well, yeah, it's Avengers three, for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if um. You mentioned a a uh, a spoilerish yeah, thing to me. That's uh, it, it's let's a rumor. Not talk about okay, that. all right, all right. Um, which isn't surprising if you've read the comics. Would you see it? Yeah, but but there there was a big Spider-Man spoiler that yeah. hit today that you can find easily with a Google search. But it's just amazing to think that even Spider-Man is in this thing. Yeah, you know. So that's that's going to be crazy. And after the performance of the the FF movie a couple of weeks ago, you know, yeah. who knows? Maybe they're cutting a deal to squeeze them in as a tag at the end of the credits now. Or uh, something. I. <laughs> <laughs> one can only dream, sir. One, I I think it's actually a secret plot by the Marvel guys. <laughs> this is how they're getting all their characters back. We're just going to let them make their characters. Yeah, suck. yeah. Oh, yeah. That sounds like a yeah, great go idea. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Doctor Doom, like, just trapped somewhere for like the whole movie, and then in it for two minutes. Yeah. Looking, looking that's like great. a looking like a crash test dummy. You want to do a Fantastic Four movie with no action in it? That sounds great to us. Go Fan, for it. Fantastic. So, <laughs> oh, the really cool thing clip from the trailer, you're going to just cut out of the movie? Yes, yeah, do that. Do that. It. Do that. No pants on the thing? That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Johnny Storm can't control his powers. He's got to push a button on his suit to flame on. Sure, do that. Do that. See how that works out for you. Um. So, yeah. I Dude, it, it got oh, me... Wait. Andrew's just in the chat room. Fifty bucks that General Ross introduces a team of Thunderbolts to take down the Rogue Avengers. I'm all about it. I, I'm all about that. Uh, that you want to talk about geeking out hardcore? That would completely. That would be me. awesome. Yes, yes. It, well, especially isn't Baron Zemo supposed to be in this thing? Might be. There are some bad guys in this thing. I know. Yeah. I'm telling you, dude. I, I reading Marvel comics back in the '90s during the, all the Heroes Reborn stuff that went on. Which, you know, let's be honest, both comic book companies have lost their mind from time to time. Um, one of the greatest. I, think I saw somebody tweet about that, the Thunderbolts idea the other day, though, mm-hmm. and they mentioned that Marvel probably wouldn't do that because it's a little. The Thunderbolts would be a little similar to what DC's doing with the Suicide Squad movie. Well, what was great about that title is that they this was a group of heroes who stepped up into the public eye. Because all the other heroes were gone, right? And as you're reading that first issue, you're like, "All right, well, these are some cool new characters." Yeah, this you find cool. out this they're all cool. the bad guys. And the last page, it's a reveal that it's the Masters of Evil, and you're like, "Oh my gosh!" And it just started this great thing of like different people struggling with: Am I going to be a good guy? Am I going to be a bad guy? Am I going to be? Am I going to continue down this way? Or, or wow, playing the hero really feels good. It really feels like this is what I should be doing in my life. And it, I mean, it made for some real compelling stuff, especially when the Avengers got back. So anyhow, that's a to- whole different conversation for a different time. Um, anything else out of D23 that caught your eye? I mean, there was some Disney stuff, but I'll, I'll let you talk about that yeah. on your Disney Vault Yeah, talk, I so. know Teresa's excited to talk about ba- Toy Story Basically, Land. what we learned is that The Rock is in just about everything, and Napita Luongo is in just about everything that Disney is doing these days. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Um, the Rock, bless his heart. You don't call him The Rock anymore, apparently. Well, they just announced today that he's doing the Jungle Cruise movie now. So post-D23 news, more Disney movies with The Rock. Yeah, <laughs> great. Great. The Rock. They didn't want the Jungle Cruise news to overshadow the other stuff. That hey, apparently, doing. you now you told me that the Jungle Book uh, stuff that came out, people were really responding well to as well. Yeah, a lot of really positive tweets for what was shown for the Jungle Book and uh, you know what was said on stage about it. And these were people who were kind of meh, and mm -hmm. admittedly on Twitter they said they were meh going into it and were really impressed. Isn't that John Favreau? John Favreau, yeah. Okay, well, hey, I, I trust Favreau. Oh, one other D23 yes. thing that we have to talk we got to talk about Colin Trevorrow. Uh, oh, my gosh, episode yeah, nine. episode nine. Yeah. What, what a good choice. I think so. I, I, I think so as well. I, he got a performance out of Chris Pratt in Jurassic World like we've not seen Chris Pratt give. I, I got to preface this by saying I wasn't crazy about Jurassic World. Uh, agreed. You know, I, I think that for people who hadn't seen like Jurassic Park or some of the other ones, it was a better movie than for those of us who had seen the other three. I just felt it was very repetitive. Mm -hmm. But if you look at him, especially now in comparison to everything that we're reading and is coming out about Josh Trank on Fantastic Four – the one thing that you really have to give him credit for is how well he managed this big uber tentpole production. I heard a great interview with he and Chris Pratt on The Nerdist. And this was just prior to Jurassic World being released. It was I think it was like the day of the world premiere, just the day of the day or two before the world premiere. And um and Trevor was talking about, you know, he said going in I knew what this meant to me and everyone else. And there was an awareness there of what what he was doing and what world he was having to play in. Right. And and obviously, to me, that speaks volumes as someone who's not going to go in. Everyone's going to have their own touch they put onto it. But if you understand that there's a collective consciousness that has some attachment to the property that you're that you're you know partaking in there you're going to be a little more reverent and a little more respectful and you're not going to try to make a Colin Trevorrow film, you know? Right. And, uh, and, and so I, I like that attitude from here about Jurassic Park. And so I think if he brings that same attitude to Star Wars, you know, and, and look, with the story group in place, with people like K Kasdan involved and Kinberg. Yeah, Kinberg and you, JJ and Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah, you, and you're going to have a hard time going wrong. Yeah, and I think that the things that we nitpick that we didn't like about Jurassic World were things that I think the story group and the folks that you just mentioned are going to rectify for the script mm -hmm. for episode nine. I think the biggest uh, I think the biggest weakness of Jurassic World is, as you said, for those of us who who've seen it, it was just like the, the, I didn't see anything new. That and I I didn't really aside from Chris Pratt I didn't really like the character. You know, like, I, the, the the two boys I, I didn't like. Right. I really hated the older brother. Yes, yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't Bryce like Dallas Howard's character. Didn't really impress me. She was very cookie cutter. She was that very cookie cutter, too busy for family, you know, character. Um, 
I uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's character, I I disliked for all the right reasons. Yeah. I really liked him in that. You know, Wilson Fisk. But again, he was very cookie cutter. We've seen that's that true. character over and over yeah. and over again. That's true. Um, well, are you are you ready to get in this mashup thing? Yeah, yeah. Let's bring uh, in right. our special guest. Let's uh, let we'll play some music. We'll hit the music and then we'll bring him in. The corn. Well, for past the corn, uh, we're going to try to bring in a very special guest uh, to help us out to talk some mashups. We we joked around on the last episode about mashing up uh, Mission Impossible and James Bond, and uh, this this totally got us. This got Irish's juices flowing. He said, "We need to do this," and I've got a good yeah. good guest to bring on, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcoming to the show right now, my brother from an- the nephew. Of my brother from another mother, he is your nephew too, Steve. I guess so. Yeah, my nephew from an I don't uh, anyhow, ladies and gentlemen, Big E, Ethan. Here we go. That's better. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> your time is up. My time is now. You can't see me. My time is now. <laughs> Anyhow, Ethan, welcome to Geek Out Loud officially, sir. Thanks for inviting me. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you on, buddy. I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, to our conversation. Now, you you know what we're talking about here, Ethan, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, as we said before, we brought Ethan in, ladies and gentlemen. We, we, last episode, Darish was on. We were talking about Mission Impossible, and I said it'd be cool to see a Mission Impossible James Bond kind of mashup movie, and and to see how that played out. And Arish texts me, he's like, "Let's just roll with this thing and see where we go." Yeah, dude, this is a show right here, just mashups galore. This here, so here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Well, and then as we were talking about it, I was like, "We should do a special guest for this because I really think my nephew Ethan would be great at this." And just I, I called him up last night. It was like, would you be interested in doing this? And Ethan told me that it sounded really cool, but he asked if he could have an hour or two so he could go and see if he could come up with some good ideas and that he would call me back. And within a half an hour, he called me back with some great ideas. Nice. So. Well, Ethan, let's start with you. Uh, get, bring one of your mashups to the table, buddy. What have you got for us? All right. I'm going to start with... Planet of the Apes mashed up with Predator. Oh, wow. Wow. I just, he just dropped the mic right there because I want to see this movie right now. Please let me see this movie. This should be the third Planet of the Apes movie. Oh, my gosh, dude. Like, just pick up right where the last one ended. You've got, like, the army guys coming down from, like, Washington State or whatever, but on the way down, a freaking Predator shows up. A freaking Predator. Oh man, Ethan! Well played, sir. Well played. Uh, in your mind, do you see the apes fighting the predators? Who are you rooting for in this thing? Well, in, in my mind, I'm rooting for the apes, and in, also in my mind, it, the movie takes place like 
once there's not a lot of humans left and the predator has to hunt the apes down. Oh, man. I, I, and so you've got one ape that's kind of like the Arnold Schwarzenegger of apes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get get to the top of no, I hear you. I'm here. I'm what are you waiting for? Do it. <laughs> Do Kill it now. God, Eddie. <laughs> Kill the thing. Oh, man. That is just... That is perfect. I don't know why we even doing another doing the rest of the show. Mine do not match up to that in any way, shape, yeah, or form. Not, neither do mine, which is, I think is why you and I should probably go next, or ours are just going to sound even lamer oh, sure. and lamer. Oh, yeah, we're going to go. He keeps rolling some of his out. Yeah, we're going to go round robin. So uh, I'll go ahead and do the Bond Mission Impossible thing that we talked about because I have been thinking about this, especially with Spectre coming out in November. Yeah, having just seen. Mission Impossible with this anti-IMF force. I would love to have that tied into Spectre. And so all of a sudden you've got Hunt and Bond having to work together. To beat both their bad guys. To beat both their bad guys, yeah. I like that. I think that'd be... Would, wait. Go ahead, Ethan. What would be the epic stunt in that movie? Unlike the, like every other Mission Impossible. I think it'd have to be something with a car... Um, even though that's because it's James Bond, but it's also Mission Impossible. So I, you know, all, I, I think I think James Bond riding in the car, he flips open the thing, it hits the eject button, so Ethan Hunt is launched out, where he then dangles from a helicopter, uh, trying to disarm a bomb. How about that? Okay, that sounds good. All right, but I think. There's got to be there's got to be like a big epic chase scene where Bond is in the classic Austin Martin. Yes. Ethan Hunt is in like just a classic American muscle car kind of oh, thing. Yeah. Like the new Charger or something like that. You know, and they're both like chasing after like a mess of bad guys or being chased by a mess of bad guys and they're like working together like spinning their cars and Bond's like firing missiles out of the, the headlamps yes. and stuff like that. Yes. And at some point, Felix Leiter shows up, and he's like, "I thought the IMF, the IMF was dis- was uh, was disbanded," and uh, and Alec Baldwin's like, "No, they're not." Uh, so yeah, that that was kind of my first thought, and 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 I decided let's go ahead and go with that. Erich, what are you bringing? Wait, wait, real quick, there's got to be a scene too where Ethan Hunt takes their crazy. We can make a mask of anybody in like five minutes. Device mm-hmm. to Q, and Q like betters it. Like, picks it up enough. <laughs> That's right. He goes ahead and puts in the vocal stuff rather than having to tape something onto your throat. Yep. And yeah. That's great. Yeah, I could, that'd be great. Well, what, what's, bring us one of yours now, Irish. All right. This isn't... I, mean, I don't know if anybody watched the Victor Frankenstein trailer that was released the other day with James McAvoy and Danny Radcliffe in it. No. But I, I'm watching this thing, and it's very much like a, a sort of a steampunk retelling of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing, I just kept waiting for Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes to show up in this thing. Oh, nice. nice. I mean, it had that exact same kind of feel to it as the, as those Sherlock Holmes movies. So right. that, that was just something that came to mind. But I was thinking more in terms of, now this is kind of two ideas. One would be Monster Squad, Meets up with Ghostbusters. Oh man, <laughs> that'd be epic. <laughs> there's two ways that you could do it. It could be the young Monster Squad, or it could be them like grown up, and so now their kids are the new Monster Squad. 
Oh. And they meet up with Ghostbusters, and maybe Dracula has come back from that dimension that he got sucked into, and he's brought like this. His new undead are the ghosts, and so they have to team together to fight them. Yes, I take my money. I'm there. I will watch uh, that movie in a heartbeat. Ethan, you like that one? Yeah, it's the original cast, right? Or are you making a new cast? Oh, we could do the new cast, but I, I'm a fan of the original cast, so. Yeah. And plus, I want to see Bill Murray kick Wolfman in the nards. That's right. <laughs> Wolfman's got nards. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ethan, go ahead and outdo us one more time. All right. Uh, this one's kind of a wild card, but I'm going with Toy Story and Ted. Oh, my Lanta. <laughs> Who is this kid? Who are you? <laughs> so so ted is thunder buddies with with woody and buzz well what i love is is woody and buzz are freaking out wait what go ahead ethan the story of the movie is it's summer vacation and bonnie you know who bonnie is right 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 well she's going to visit her stepdad mark Wahlberg, (laughs) and brings her toys along so, it's a family movie. It's a family movie with Ted in it. Oh my gosh. So, as Bonnie and Mark bond and reconnect, Ted and the Toy Story crew are busy getting drunk. Oh my gosh. Oh man. What I love is just the image, though, first of Woody and Buzz being freaked out that Ted is talking around the humans. Yeah, like, and there's there's an ed, there's an end credit scene for the movie too. Uh oh. The, the end credit scene is Ted reuniting with his long lost brother Lotso Hogan Bear. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, I just gotta say this that Ethan's dad Andrew is in the chat right now, and he says, for the record, I did not let him watch Ted. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I only saw the trailers. I didn't watch the movie. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Good. <laughs> I just know that you're talking teddy bear. Oh my gosh. This has been one of my favorite things we've ever done. Ethan, we're going to have to schedule monthly appearances by you, so make sure you're getting your homework and stuff done. I'd be glad to be back on the show. All right. (laughs) Steve, I don't know how we keep following this, but you're next, my friend. I know. I know. I don't like this one at all. Uh, I went full on 80s. because of the maybe because of the Corey Feldman connection, but Gremlins and Goonies, nice. Uh, the Gremlins show up there in that exactly. in that Oregon town, and and all heck breaks loose, and and it's the Goonies time down here, and and of course you're you're in all kinds of trouble because if they start going into the wells and you know the wishing wells and everything, uh, it, it's going to be nuts. And I just I love the idea of a chunk running away from the Gremlins, just kind of you know pulling. <laughs> Pulling a Wait. scene similar to when he was being questioned by the by the family. I have two things. Number one, Sloth has to be in this. Of course he does. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and maybe some of the gremlins turn into, maybe some of the mogwai turn into gremlins because they're eating baby roots with Sloth after midnight. <laughs> That's great. Um, but number two, and this absolutely has to happen, uh, you've got to see um, oh, Gizmo. 
do the truffle shuffle. Yes, yes. Chunk teaches Gizmo Chunk to do the truffle shuffle. Chunk and Gizmo shuffle. doing the truffle shuffle together. Yes, that'd be great. How's Gizmo gonna be able to do it? Now, Gizmo, he's got some moves. Yeah, he does any, a little dance. Anybody right. can anybody can do the truffle shuffle. It just doesn't look as good. You know, doesn't look as shuffly if you're not a big guy. So that's. Uh, but yeah, I would I would love to see those two those two parties of people going at each other. And of course, there is the Corey Feldman connection. He was in the original Gremlins, and he was in Goonies. So you might end up having a situation where he meets himself, and and explains to himself what's going on. Oh yeah. Uh, so, and then if you really want to get meta with the Corey Feldman, go ahead and bring in the Frog Brothers to take things out from the yes, lost. Yes, I was just gonna say that. All right, we gotta give we gotta give a few shout outs here because the folks in the uh, the chat are throwing out some fun ideas. Okay. Uh, Sarah threw out Princess Bride and Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, nice, nice. Full Cap- Captain Jack and uh, the Dread Pirate Roberts together. Yes. I would oh. definitely pay to see that. <laughs> that would be good. I'm seeing here where um, where John Reed pipes chimes in and says Karate Kid and the Last Dragon. Yep. Barry Gordy's the Last Dragon. Barry Gordy's. That's right. That's right. And the and the beat of the rhythm of the night. <laughs> uh, Doc just threw one out. Where did he go? I lost him. Doc said Ant Man. Ant Man and Ant Bully. Ant Bully. <laughs> Andrew says National Lampoons Friday, Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, oh. oh, I love that. Get the Griswolds running from Jason. <laughs> Or maybe it's Jason running from the yeah walls. yeah one way or the other. Jason reveals himself to be um, Eddie. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm just fine, Clark. He just, he just drives around in a beat up Winnebago. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> With the hockey mask on. <laughs> oh, that's what great. was the movie? I couldn't hear it. National Lampoon's Friday the Thirteenth. So it'd be like mashing up uh, vacation and Friday the thirteenth. Oh. No, yeah. I'd be going. <laughs> All right, Irish, what's what you they found a way to survive. What you got, Irish? All right. I'm a big Fast Furious franchise fan. Oh yeah. So you know, we lost Brian. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. So we gotta bring some new people. I hope you're not stealing my idea. I don't think I'm stealing your Uh-oh. idea. Uh oh! Oh snap! I don't think I'm stealing your Continue, idea. Continue, Eric. Continue. All right. <laughs> so we got Fast and Furious team: Dom, Letty, Roman, Tej, Hobbs, uh, Kurt Russell's Mister Nobody character. They team up with the bad boys, Mike nice. Lowry and Marcus Burnett. Mike Lowry. Mike Lowry. <laughs> and. Because this man needs a hit more than anybody, Axel Foley. Oh man! So you're bringing and whoa! I'm bringing them all together. Oh my god! Fast gosh. and Furious crew, the Bad Boys, and Beverly Hills Cop. Oh man! Teaming up together, and who are, who are the bad guys in this? The Gruber brothers, Hans and Shut Simon up. Gruber. You just went mega mashup. You I went in, mega mashup. You mega mashup. <laughs> You that might have talked to my Fast and Furious huh? mashup. That might have talked to my Fast and Furious mashup. Remind me of what your Fast and Furious mashup was. All right. 
Wait, now? Yeah. Oh, I had Fast and Furious and Transformers. Oh, nice. Nice. That'd be good. That would be good. So what if, now hold on. So what if we bring in the Transformers into the Beverly Hills Cop Bad Boys Fast and Furious Die Hard mashup? I'm fine with that. (laughs) I could see, I could just see, I could see, I could see Mike Lowry and Marcus Burnett driving Optimus Prime with Dom on top of him, hanging on on the roof, like getting ready to like Superman dive off to save Letty, and hanging off the back of it, off the back of Prime's trailer is Axel Foley. Axel Foley trying to get into Bumblebee, who's following close behind. Yep. Oh man, and I'm I'm sorry, Eddie Murphy and Dwayne Johnson together in a movie, I think would be fantastic. That'd be awesome. <laughs> it would be so and, good. And Eddie needs a big hit. He does. You're right. He's, he's too talented a guy to have like, kind of disappeared the way he has. Indeed, indeed. I would love to see him in a big movie like this again. I think it'd be fun. I, you know, I'd, It'd be fun to see him show up in the next Expendables. Yes, it would. That'd be hilariously fun. Um, <clears throat> and, and Stallone's not above that. Stall- no. <laughs> oh, yo, I, I mean, I think it'd be great to see him in there. I'll put anybody in the movie. I mean, I'll put you in a, You want to be in a movie? I'll put you in a movie. You want to be an expendable? We can make you an expendable. I mean, I'm expendable. He's we are expendable. What do you wait for? Do it. Put him in the movie already. What did you, I mean, Arnold? I I said I put him in there. Did you, Ethan? Did you say that's a good impression? Yeah. Oh wow. Very I, good. I feel like you're being sarcastic. Mine wasn't good, so <laughs> wasn't complimenting me. I, I feel like I can sense the sarcasm. Yeah, halfway through mine, I'm like, "What am I doing?" So are we saying right now that, that fan, was that one of your mashups, Ethan, Fast and Furious and Transformers? Yeah, that was one of mine. Okay. No, that, that's not one of the ones he pitched me last night. This is just something he came up with a while ago. Oh, okay. Wow. This, oh, yeah. this, seriously, this kid is going to be running a movie studio one day. I, I, I mean, you guys might outdo me because I don't have that many more. I saw where Pipes in the chat uh, skunked one of mine, uh, Back to the Future and Terminator. I wanted to get a Back to the Future in one of my choices, but I just couldn't think of it. I, I think that uh, Marty, <laughs> he's coming for us, Marty. Who, Doc? Who? The Terminator. <laughs> Great Scott. Great Scott. And they just all throughout time are, are chasing the Terminator, and the Terminator's chasing them, and they're trying to take down Skynet. <laughs> and uh, and of course, Sarah Connor gets involved, and she slaps Marty's girlfriend around for being so wimpy. You got to have Arnold in there. Um, Arnold can be the the high school principal. (laughs) (laughs) With a soundtrack by Huey Lewis in the news and ZZ Top. Nice. (laughs) Oh, man. Ethan pitched, back before Celebration, he pitched an idea for to reboot Back to the Future to me that I thought was absolutely brilliant. You're treading on dangerous ground, Ethan. He is, but I think that this idea works. Tell him what it is, Ethan. Okay, well, a good reboot for Back to the Future would be, would star, wait, hang on, yeah, Kevin Hart as Marty and Ice Cube as Doc. No, Steve Harvey as Doc. Nice. 
Nice. I, I, I think that's brilliant. I could totally see Steve Harvey doing that. And it doesn't tread on the original movie because it's a different thing. Right. So it's essentially the same thing, but y- you could tell a whole different story with I think it'd be great. Yes. Yeah. I I yeah, I don't I'm still I love that Robert Zemeckis has said no one's messing with Back to the Future. Yeah, Not so do I. So I'm, I'm good I, I still thought this was a fun idea. I, Someone was gonna mess with it. I, I thought that that was a pretty clever way. Well, Ayers, you and Ethan teamed up on the last one. What's your next uh what's your next mashup here? Uh, I, that was it for me. I think it's uh, Ethan's oh. up next. Oh, okay, Ethan, go for it, man. Wait, am I the only one with choices left? I have a couple more. Okay. Well, my next choice is Godzilla and Pacific Rim. Okay, I'm there. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how much? Yeah. How much uh, are tickets? Is is God who's Godzilla fighting? Is Godzilla fighting the monsters or is Godzilla fighting the big mech guys? Uh, even though he was a hero, even though he saved the city from the monsters in the 2014 Godzilla movie, I picture him fighting the giant robot. Oh man! See, I was going to go the other way. I was going to go that you know I could just I love I, in my mind I see a scene where like one of the robots is down and about to get ripped to shreds by this monster, and all of a sudden, Rah! yeah, and the atomic breath, and you're like, oh my gosh, it's Godzilla! But then I also see a scene where Godzilla's like about to wreck stuff, and then the X Men show up, and it's X Men versus Godzilla. Okay. I guess that was just, <laughs> I just that was like a brick. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love that you know the red beam of Cyclops just knocking Godzilla back a step or two, and then you got like Storm, Storm. bringing the thunder, the thunder and the clouds down on him, and like Wolverine like jabbing his claws into Godzilla's eye and stuff. And oh. I don't. I think it could be fun. The X Men have no chance. Stand no chance against Godzilla. Wow. wow! Wow! Ethan has spoken. Well, in the vein of monsters and, and such as, uh, there was a great movie in the '90s. I say great. I use that term loosely, but it is one of those that I love to watch because it's so absurdly funny and just ridiculously not that great. Mars Attacks. I would love to see Mars Attacks mashed up with Jurassic Park. As the Martians run around trying to defeat the dinosaurs, and you just wanted a reason to say dinosaurs. No. <laughs> and Pierce Brosnan, well, who who had their head put on the dog? Was it Pierce Brosnan had his head put on the dog in Mars Attacks? Anyhow, no, no, it was uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Okay, hey, yeah, that's right, that's right. That movie had everybody. It did. It was. It was. It was so absurd. But I. I think it'd be cool to see the Martians and the dinosaurs go at it. Again, I don't think I've ever seen Mars Attack. Well, you know, maybe one. I think you'd like it, Ethan. You might. It's got a very young Natalie Portman. And uh, president's daughter, Jack Nicholson. He who plays the president and someone else in that movie. He plays two roles in that movie. Yeah, he played like that Vegas guy. Yeah, yeah. It's just it is it is a it is it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. 
That's all there is to it. Now, see, what if we did like Mars Attacks mashes up with Independence Day? Oh, man. <laughs> peace. No peace. I heard no fat lady. I. <laughs> I heard no fat lady. We'll uh, we'll, we'll uh, give it a give it a, a a virus. We'll give it a virus. You did this, Dad. You did. What do you think? You think they're spilling fifty thousand dollars on a hammer? Ten thousand dollars on a commode seat? Well, and then you still include Jurassic Park in it, and Jeff Goldblum gets to play both his characters. Oh, my Lanta. There we go again. We're, he we're gets having... to take over for Jack Nicholson with the multi character. That's right. Do, characters doing double duty. Life finds a way, even on Mars. That's what he says. <laughs> With the dinosaurs. So, so, Ares, you're out. You're you're out. I'm out. Yeah. Oh man. And well, then, I kept it short. I figured with like three of us that we'd just do two or three each. So, and, well, that's that's about how many I had. But uh, what what else you got there, Ethan? Um, I think I have like two more. All right, go for it. Yeah. Let's. My first, my one choice is. The Purge and Home Alone mixed together. <laughs> For those of you who did not hear this clearly, Ethan said The Purge and Home Alone. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I think it's brilliant. Ethan, you've won Geek Out Loud. I mean, there's no uh, there's no getting around it. You have won Geek Out Loud. Uh, so, so basically, those freaks with the mask from the purge are are going through all the little traps that Kevin sets for them. Yeah, well, and of course, Kevin is home alone because his mom was Halloween candy shopping and in the middle of the purge, oh. and she got shot. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so, he, so he's home alone forever. Oh yeah. man! <clears throat> and I don't know what happened to his siblings, like. They're trick-or-treating. They're trick-or-treating. Oh. Quote fingers. During the purge. I heard, they're dead, too. I hear they're you. out purging. They're out being purged. Oh, man. Yeah. That's that's dark and sinister all at the same time. And you you got... I, I'm out. I'm out, by the way, Ethan. What You've got one last one, I believe. Wait, real quick to Andrew in the chat now. Has he seen Purge? Yeah, Andrew, you wouldn't let him see Ted, but is he watching Purge? Hashtag questioning your parenting. <laughs> Sarah says, I've not seen Purge either. Okay. I know what the stories are. So All right. I have enough information. Oh my gosh. Blues Brothers. But real quick, back to the chat. Blues Brothers are teachers at High School Musical. <laughs> They're on a mission from God. We're on a mission from God. Um, some other people. Let's see, real quick, before we get your last one, Ethan. Um, if there's anything else we see. Uh, no, I see Blues Brothers and Men in Black. The su- they got the suits. So, all right, what's your last one there, Ethan? Well, I'm ending on a pretty serious note. Oh. I'm just going to go with Harry Potter and other wizards in the Hunger Games. I thought that'd be pretty cool. Wow, so you're putting, so Harry Potter and the Wizards end up in the Hunger Games. Yeah. That's cool. I That is cool. So they're having to, <clears throat> would the rule of not being able to use like the different curses, like they couldn't use the Avada Kedavra curse and everything, that would still apply? I mean, would they just have to like? Uh, I'd allow them to use the spells. Oh, wow. So that could go down quick. 
you can even kick it up a notch and add the Highlander to it, so there can be only one. Yes. Or I was going to go Running Man, which is basically what Hunger Games is. <laughs> um, that's awesome. That'd be I, I'd I'd watch the Battle of the Wizards, the Hunger Games. Battle I definitely of the would watch it. That you know, and then they all decide this is not how we're going to live our lives. We're going to rise up and beat down the establishment. You know, we beat Voldemort. Why can't we beat down a corrupt government that's making people kill each other for their enjoyment? I'm there. I'm there. Yeah, that's awesome, Ethan. Man, you just you blew it out of the park, bud. Yeah. Thank you. You no, thank you. <laughs> I, I had a feeling you would, You're but. Welcome. Man, you and you know Steve, he came up with these in like a half an hour last night. Man, well, look out because I, my job as a podcaster is in jeopardy. Because with that kind of mind, with that kind of mind on, with that kind of head on your shoulders, Ethan, you you're going to go a long way at least in in entertaining somebody. Uh, you, what's going to happen is is like in thirty years, you and I are going to be old men still doing past the corn. That's right. But we're we're not going to have teeth to chew the popcorn with. And we're going to be talking about the movies that this kid is making. Oh, that'll be awesome. I'm, I'm there. I'm there. Well, Ethan, buddy, thank you for joining us on Geek Out Loud. And you're welcome back anytime, man. Thanks for having me. All right, dude. You have a, good, have a good night, bud. You too. We'll see bye, you. Bye, Ethan. Erich. All right, bye. Oh, Erich. That was fun. Yeah, I was nowhere near prepared for <laughs> the glory that was... Ethan, I just if anybody from Fox is out there listening, please Planet of the Apes and Predator. Dude, it needs to happen. I, the only thing we need to teach him is don't lead with your best material. Yeah, I mean that was the that I, I felt like in it like I should have just hit the end theme the minute he said Predator and Planet of the Apes. Yeah, <laughs> that was I awesome. Mean, Look, I thought Home Alone and Purge was brilliant, and yes. I really like Ted Meets Toy Story. Oh my also. gosh, I mean, what is that? What is that? Th- <laughs> that's probably better than the Ted Two that they actually made. Probably, I've not seen it, but I would. Uh, I haven't seen it either, but uh, yeah, oh. Planet of the Apes and Predator. It, it, please, th- that has to happen. Well, I want to see Hans and Simon Gruber team up with Dern Megatron against the Fast and the Furious, and <laughs> I want to see it all. Those I, that it, it that takes me back to my childhood, man. I used to mash up the universes all the time. Well, we'll have to do this again down the road. I'm I'm all about it, dude. I'm there. Yeah. I love I love this concept, and uh, and and that I I had a blast. Well, Erich, of course, you are at Darth underscore Duff on Twitter. Yes, I am, my friend. And uh, so hit up Eric. Let him know that you enjoy having him on uh, on the show and with the Pass the Corn. And, uh, man, hope you guys have a good New York Comic Con. We'll probably talk a little bit before then, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, Comic Con's like two months away. So yeah. we'll, def- we'll definitely talk. So, uh, so there that is. And uh, so much stuff going on, so much stuff to look forward to. Dude, definitely, i tell you what, in a couple of weeks, you guys keep me abreast on how your Force Friday goes. Yeah, yeah, likewise with you. I will, I will. Hopefully I'll be taking pictures of, like, an empty Walmart toy aisle where it's just me, like, look at all the choices I have. <laughs> we should maybe do, like, a special Force Friday recap geek out loud or something like that. We, we, I may, I may just, <laughs> I may. Convene the council. That's convene the council. You heard it, guys. You heard it, so we, that may very well happen. All right, well, 
You can email us at geekoutonline at gmail.com or at facebook.com slash geekoutloud. And, of course, on Twitter, at Steve Glossom, we've already said, at Darth underscore Duff, at Goliverse for all of the Goliverse stuff. And uh, don't forget those Amazon links. Don't forget, uh, you can click on those at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com. And, of course, patreon.com slash geekoutloud. Guys, thank you so much for your support through Patreon. It keeps the shows going. It keeps me going. And I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate it. Um, Audible.com, audibletrial.com slash geekout. That's your place to go for a free 30-day trial and audible audiobook of your choice. Man, get on board with Audible so you can keep up to date with all the good stuff coming, especially as we journey to The Force Awakens. I'm looking forward to Aftermath in a big, bad way. So check it out. I might know somebody who can get you a copy for well, September the 4th. Well, I'm, I, I would never ask. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, we'll, uh, so, yeah, audibletrial.com slash geekout. If you've not used Audible, definitely get on that. It's a good service. Great times. And that's going to wrap it up for us on this episode of Geek Out Loud. For Eric Chernovais, for Ethan, I'm Steve Gloss, and we'll see you next time on your safe place to geek out. Have a good one, everybody.